Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. This episode of Real Turf Techs on Golf Course Industries Superintendent Radio Network is presented by Foley County a strong supporter of equipment technicians and golf course maintenance departments everywhere. Foley Company offers a proven solution for above and below the turf, for turf professionals everywhere. To learn more about Foley Company's line of real grinders, bed knife grinders, and the Air 2G2 family of products, or to find a distributor, visit www.foleyco.com. Oh, ready for play. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, episode 71. Today we're talking to Tate Johnson. He is part of a three-person equipment management team at Chambers Bay in University Place, Washington. Chambers Bay is an 18-hole public course owned by the county and has hosted many USGA championships. Tate has a mixture of Toro and John Deere equipment. Let's talk to Tate. Welcome, Tate, to the Real Turf Tech Podcast. How you doing today? Great. How are I'm you? doing good. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. Tell us how you got into the turf industry. I have a particular way of I. I don't think it's how most people got in the turf industry. My dad, I've been going to work with him since every birthday since I've been young. He's been superintendent. He was a superintendent in Bandon Dunes growing up, and then he moved to Chambers Bay, and he was director of agronomy there, and I've always stuck with him. And then I started working once I graduated high school and just tried to learn everything I could so far. Still going. That's awesome. So did you start on the course, just breaking bunkers, no, mowing? No, straight straight into mechanic. Oh, okay. Straight awesome. into mechanic. Stuff, yeah so he he saw what he really needed yeah that's he he needed some that's good so who did you kind of work with growing up learning mechanic stuff on the golf course jerry holcomb he's the equipment manager at chambers bay right okay. now yeah awesome do you relief grind uh no no you don't not at chamber just spin grind that's all we really need yeah and you spin grind and do you do any lapping or anything like that? We have the women's am kind of coming up in August and we're going to back lap the fairways because we just ground them. So we don't think they need another grind all the way mm-hmm. through. Okay. Yeah. But not, we don't usually back lap. Yeah. Pretty much ground only. Yeah. I got you. Tell us something you fabricated lately. I'm. Definitely not one of the fabricators in the shop. Jerry, he's the master per se, but I'm trying to think of a cool thing he did. Tell us something Jerry fabricated lately. That's fine. He had to get to the, I think one of the, taking the belt off in a bend track and to get the tensioner off, he grinded down a socket. can't remember what size it was, but he just ground it down, welded it to a wrench, cut it off. I think halfway, then he got it back there and somehow got it off because the Ventrac belts, front belts suck mm-hmm. for getting those off. 
I don't know, I just changed the belt today on a John Deere 2020A Pro Gator, and they suck too. Yeah. Um, the older ones were so much easier when the hydraulic pump was mounted on the, I guess the, it was made into the timing cover and was driven oh, yeah. that way. And now it's a coupler. So you got to move the hydraulic pump out of the way, fish the belt in there. The two bolts that hold the hydraulic pump on is a pain to get to. I was yeah. testing some engineers today. We just did this big project. A, a water pump went out on a Toro HDX and it's behind the flywheel. So we had, you had to take both all the hydraulic pumps off flywheel. And it is probably one of the most tedious jobs I've ever done, but yep, it's still working. Well, that's good. So, that's good. That's a plus. Yeah. Tell us what your favorite tool is. Probably Milwaukee growing up with it and always been Milwaukee, probably the half inch impact driver. Okay. Getting lug nuts, yeah, off, yeah. axle nuts, everything. Those are so, so handy. Yeah. They're, they're working. And it's funny. So you're young, I'm old and I grew up with all the pneumatic stuff, pneumatic, whatever, ratchets and impact yeah. ratchets and all that stuff. And so this was the other day and just for the listeners here in the South, and I don't know about the rest of the country, but the other day is any time from the time you were born until yesterday this is the other day. So I don't know. This mm -hmm. has been a few months ago, I guess. I had the impact wrench because I'd ran out on the course uh, to change a tire or whatever. And I come back and the guys in the shop were kind of waiting around. I'm like, what, what are y'all waiting on? I said, well, you had the impact. I was like, we have a pneumatic impact that in the toolbox. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I know you have to drag a hose over there, but it's not drag the end of the world. So, but it's yeah. funny how our, you know, we train ourselves to, not to want to pull that air hose out. Yeah. Well, J Jerry loves using the pneumatic more than the Milwaukee because he thinks it has more like mm -hmm. torque power getting stuff off, but he's always, he's always loved the pneumatic stuff. He's not, it's definitely struggle for, I think, I mean, not all equipment managers, but learning all the new technology coming in, like all the lithium mm -hmm. and all fully electric stuff. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely. A, a learning curve. Corey Phillips and J.R. Wilson, they're doing a class, or they did one last year on CAN bus and how that oh. system works and how the yeah, controllers talk to controllers through yeah. wires and stuff because that's encoding and all that stuff. That's what uh, that's where we're going. That's where a lot yeah, of exactly. it's already there. So we're going to have to get with the program what do you do to relax or find your balance i swim a lot go to swim at the y then i work on my car too i'm it's basically the same mechanic stuff but it's i don't i, I don't think i could ever be a car mechanic because it's i think it's completely different than being a mechanic at a golf course just some things it doesn't make sense sometimes because <laughs> you go with like working as a mechanic the whole time at a golf course and there's certain things that you pay attention to. Then you come work at your car, come work on your car and it could be the opposite what you're looking for. What kind of car do you got? I have a 2000 Volvo V70R. Okay. So yeah. you're doing modifications or what are you doing to this thing? 
I'm mostly trying to keep it okay. run, but yeah, 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 yeah. But done a lot of suspension work on it, ball joints, struts, okay, everything. Yeah, it's a fun car. That's awesome, and I think uh, a lot of us can relate. And I kind of remember my mentor growing up, Larry Freeman. He kind of became a mechanic out of necessity. You know, if if mm-hmm. he was going to have something to drive around. He was going to have to work on yeah. it because he wasn't going to buy exactly. a new vehicle. So he had to find a beater and do a few yeah. things to it to keep it running. And I think that teaches us a, a good lesson too in life. And Yeah, for sure. And not just, I think a, a lot of today's generation is in the mindset or the habit of, oh, it doesn't work. Let's throw it away and get another one. Yeah, exactly. Not just keep it going. Yeah. Just go buy another right, one. Right. And I mean, yeah. granted, some of the stuff like you buy at Home Depot, trimmers and some of that stuff, it ain't worth working on. And yeah, I exactly. run into it all that when I was working with uh, Kent helping him out and he was doing, you know, mower and two stroke repair and that kind of stuff. And some guy brings in a chainsaw and it needed new fuel lines. Well, it took me like three hours because you got to disassemble the whole thing to put fuel lines in it. To put them all in, And you charge $50 an hour. You got $150 in fuel lines. And you can go buy a new piece of crap chainsaw for $125. So really not worth it. Yeah. Well, what's the strangest thing you've seen at work? I mean, I've only been working for a year at Chambers, but... We just got these brand new Salsco rollers, the huge ones with the three rollers mm-hmm. on them. And I think not even six months in of us have, no, I think it was four months in of us having them. Someone went into a bunker that flipped on the sides and it flipped all the way over. And then it started right up and it back, it was back to rolling. Oh, really? Day. Okay. That's awesome. I yeah, mean, we, we were also surprised. Not, not awesome that he flipped it, but awesome yeah. that it's still running. Yeah. After going over. So on that, on that machine, have you had the choke plate break off in the carburetor? No, not on that. No, we've only, they're, they're really new. So nothing so far. Okay, well get ready. I'm just warning you. So I, I got one, we got it, not this past February, February before. And I don't know, maybe we had had it six months. Maybe it was a little longer than that. Maybe it was eight months. And it was staying choked all the time. So I pulled um, the cover, the air cleaner off the carburetor and the choke plate's just sitting there. And it had... Just broke up. Yeah, it's a plastic uh, shaft that the choke plate goes in. And it had broke. And I got it covered under warranty or whatever. I put a new one on there and then another six or eight months goes by and it happens again. (laughs) And then just last night on Facebook... In one of the groups, a guy was having the same problem. And then there was like four That's... other people said, yeah, I had that same problem too. So I, I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Well, definitely check ours now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure. It's, uh, I don't know what's causing it. I kind of think it's the motor mounts being a little too soft yeah. and a little bit too much vibration. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's weird that you mentioned that because those definitely move a lot more than I would think they should move, mm-hmm. but how it was designed. Right. What's one of your pet peeves around the shop? I try to put 
put every tool away, like right at the end of the day, mm -hmm. even if I'm still working on like the same thing the next day, it just helps like a reset for that water pump. I definitely left some tools out because I don't, I think I went home, not, not happy at all. <laughs> taking everything apart. Yeah. Well, we all have those two days, hours for sure. Yeah. But I think that's one of the biggest things, putting everything back at the end of the yeah. day. Well, I'm going to tell on myself, which I don't really like to do, and I'm not proud of this, but I'm going to tell a story anyway. So yesterday, been a really, really long day. It definitely been a Monday. So today's Tuesday when we're recording this, and it was a Monday all day long. with just one failure after another failure, and all, you know, a lot of dumb stuff. And this is, whatever, it's like 5 o'clock. I'm ready to go home. I'm working on her top changer. I can't get a a fitting to line up and the bolt to go back in. I'm getting frustrated and I'm sweating to death. And I said, okay, I need the floor jack. So I got a little closet that I keep my floor jacks in. So I open the closet up and I grab both floor jack handles and I start pulling them out and the creeper falls on me because somebody had not put it up the right way. And I lost my cool. And I yeah. grabbed the creeper and I slung it across the shop as hard as I could. You know, and there's definitely wasn't yeah. nobody there, danger or any of that stuff. And it really made me feel good. <laughs> that that, yeah. that stress relief. <laughs> and I'm out. not encouraging anybody to do that, but I think a lot of people can relate. We've all been there. I just had to throw something. Yeah. And and I did feel better after. And this morning when we got in the shop, you know, I left it laying there. And uh Carter that has me, he's like, What's that doing over there? And I said, I had a little kind of blew a gasket yesterday when yeah. I, when that fell on me because I should be able to get a floor jack out of the closet without something falling on me. And yeah, exactly. I just lost it. So it, it happens. Yeah, for sure. There's always those days. Do you have a mentor in the industry? I think definitely Jerry mm -hmm. or, and my dad, definitely learning both because my dad's more the superintendent side. And like the grass and all that science side and Jerry's the all, all equipment. So getting both sides of the industry is definitely nice. So how much has your dad taught you about the agronomy side and growing grass? And ever since I, I think I was mixing divot mix when I was, that's what I wanted to do. It's all I did when I went in for my birthday every year, go in and mix divot mix, break bunkers just to do some, do something. I was Baked to drive the cart, but never let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, but, and just learning, because we measure all the clipping volume for the greens, like how much, say, point point zero five can affect the clip count on the height of cut for how much clippings we get. So it's definitely interesting on how so in-depth we can all five get. Five thousandths can yeah. affect clipping volume? Yeah. By a significant amount, I imagine? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's really it cool. It all depends on, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. good stuff, and I never really got into that. So I, this is something I've often thought about clipping volume. How many of the people that are collecting clippings are adjusting the cutoff bar? Yeah, exactly. I don't. Do you, are I don't, you familiar with what I'm talking about? I Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just, are you deer or toro? I, toro. toro. Okay, I, yeah. So toro, yeah. Has, they call it the cutoff bar on john deere yeah. you adjust the shield to help disperse the clippings cut it down yeah, yeah so I, i'm kind of you know curious how 
And I know like people like Chad Braun, I don't know if he collects clippings or not, but I know he's adjusting that thing religiously. Yeah. And uh, I'm guilty. I don't adjust it like I should, but we don't collect clippings either. And I mean, not that I'm saying that's a reason not to, but yeah, it hadn't really ever been an issue for our operation. Yeah, exactly. So collecting clippings, what all, what do you do with that information? So he, he has a website. I think it's greenskeeper is then he put like for every spray application, he puts all the information in then say a wedding agent application stays for 60 days. So then the timer goes up, then it's time to spray another wedding agent app. And, but for the clipping volume, he put, they put it in every day. Then he can decide if he wants to change the height of cut or not. Okay. Cause it gives, puts a whole graph in. He's been doing it for years, I think. So there's a huge graph that shows like in the winter months, obviously that not really any clippings come through, but then summer jumps up. I think we're mowing. Yeah. We're mowing once a day basically for greens and we're at 120. We were just at 110, but we're getting a heat wave of 95 degrees this okay. week. So we jumped it back up to 120. So wh- I guess, what is the goal with the the clipping yield? Is it to try I to think... keep it consistent or are you just using that information that you're gathering from that to make what kind of decisions? I think for spray decisions, mostly for like PGR growth, growth regulator yeah. okay. instead, because then you can tell if it runs out or not. And then because growth regulator, it, it more stops it from growing taller. Mm-hmm. It grows out instead. Okay. So yeah. then once there's a jump in clippings and nothing else, I mean, obviously everything can affect it, but if some abnormal, then, you know, mm-hmm. like the regulator went up like ran out yeah yeah yeah. that makes sense yeah cool that's good stuff and this is the first time we've ever talked about clipping volume or clipping yield on the podcast and i'm excited to bring that to the listeners so what's uh one of the most important lessons you've lost you've learned from either one of your mentors i think from uh, my dad is if you're on time you're late if you're early you're on time I, I think that's it. one of the biggest ones he's taught yeah, me. Yeah. Yep. And then Jerry is, I mean, I know Jerry definitely, he sweats the little things, but he teaches me not to sweat the little uh-huh. things like stuff we can't control, like operator air and all that. Cause if someone breaks something, then we obviously have to fix it. But I mean, it's our job to mm-hmm. job security. So. I don't know. That's almost one of my pet peeves is when some knucklehead does something not smart and then they say, Oh, that's job security. But that really drives me crazy because. Oh yeah. Especially when someone else says it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah. yeah, From the person that wrecked the vehicle or, you know, tore something up. Oh, that's job security for you. But if they never broke a single piece of equipment, I got enough job security. I don't need any more. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Still be right there between PMs. There's enough to do. Yeah. Grinding and all that stuff. We have plenty. Yeah, exactly. And natural failures that happen. Yeah, exactly. Just preventive maintenance and all that. Yeah, for sure. Well, what would be your dream job or opportunity? I grew up in Bandon, so definitely Bandon Dunes. 
equipment manager there or spyglass that's another course okay i've always liked is it up there in your area spyglass is down in monterey okay in california Yeah. yeah awesome well what technician would you like to work with for a day Kenneth Heenman, he's the equipment manager at Band of Dunes right now. Okay. So, cause they have, I think they have six courses going right now and one central maintenance building. Mm-hmm. What I've heard is they have five Foley grinders just in one room wow. for all there. So I think that'd be a really great experience just to learn about. So how, just how, how far away works. is he? Band, Bandon's about seven hours okay. from where I am. Right. Yeah. That's something you could make happen, though. That's doable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just, do you know him? I don't know him, but my dad does. Okay, reach out. Set it up. Yeah, my dad still knows everyone from there. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I definitely would. Set it up, for sure. Um, I was lucky enough today for Shelby Dubois to stop by my shop, and she hung out with me all afternoon, and she's on her way to Florida. That's awesome. And, you know, she didn't stop by to work with me or whatever. We yeah. did work on that Pro Gator together, and we were both cussing that like crazy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's so fun and rewarding to hang out with another person that gets it. That's yeah, know, exactly. walked a day in your shoes. So, yeah, give me his number. I'll call him for you. You know, set it yeah. up. Man. Um, yeah, I definitely will. And that's something I, I push a lot on people and any of the listeners. Don't make excuses. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. And just do it. It's hard getting out of your comfort zone, and I get that, but you'll be glad you did. Yeah. What do you know now you wish you'd known on day one? Getting up is earlier than I thought it was going to be because I, I didn't want to get up. We usually get up start times at 4.30 during the summer. Oh, wow. So I usually got up 3.30. Mm-hmm. Once a weekend doing that every day, It was I got so used to it. And, it felt weird not waking up like on the weekends mm-hmm. felt weird waking up at seven or eight right and it's just out of my comfort comfort zone yeah 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 that's something and a lot of people they're either morning people or night owls and yeah exactly kind of hard to make that change but like you're saying once you make the change you can do it yeah exactly it might not be your, your preference but something you get used to for sure Get ready for tips and tricks. What's some tips and tricks you want to share with us? I wouldn't say this is mine, but Jerry, he, what we do to check the cut with the piece of paper, we fold the piece of paper over on itself. Mm -hmm. And then if it cuts both, it's perfect. And then if it cuts only one side of the piece of paper, then it all be obviously cut some of the grass, but not all the grass. So we always try to get it to both sides of the piece of paper okay yeah because with the poa it's a little thicker so mm-hmm. we want to make sure that it'll cut through both that's a good one you got any other ones yeah with the setting the bed knives putting the bed knives on the bed bars he taught i think this is what most people do just the put the both far sides in first then tighten them down then just go each i think the foot pound uh torque is 28 foot pounds, 40 foot pound, uh, not 40, uh, 30 foot pounds for those bed knife screws. And I think then once you just put it on the bed knife grinder, you barely have to make any adjustments. Okay. You know, if you're torquing them down the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking it's inch pounds. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That'd be, it's all good. It'd be yeah. pretty ag- aggressive 35 foot pounds. Yeah. You know, ring that thing right off. Well, what else do you want to share with us or talk about younger people in the industry? I think, I think another thing talking about is the grinding. Uh, it's a big thing. And we have uh, the fully, I think it's the 640 grinder, the automated real grinder. Okay. So like and a 650? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's it's fully enclosed. It's pretty nice. Then you just go back and forth, checking each side. So then same sound on each side. Then you just close it. And we do, I think it's uh, one, th- one hundredth of an inch just off the edge first. Mm-hmm. And then if that one doesn't work, then we just do one more. We don't like try to do it hard at first. Keep as much material on there as possible. Right. And I think I've said on the podcast before, I'm sure I have. Um, and I heard this from Skip Hines. He said the the bigger the burr is after you grind, the more the reels that you've wasted. Yeah, exactly. So, and it is a fine line of getting it sharp and it not having yeah, a burr. Yeah, you just got to find a happy medium. Yeah. So I, I like to feel a little burr. I know that I got there. Yeah. I definitely think it's the easiest way to tell that you got there. So what kind of bed knife grinder do you have? Uh, it's a fully, I can't, I know it's the same year. I think it was made in 2012. It's fully, Okay. it's the auto, automated. So probably a 672 or something yeah. like that. That sounds right. Um, I, I haven't used any of the Bernhards or any of those. Uh, we had the, the simplicity grinder guy come by yep. and show some of the, his grinders and those were those are pretty cool how like accurate they were mm-hmm. and how yeah those were those were nice yeah 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 no they they make a good machine so what do you like best about that six it's probably a 653 what do you like best about that how it's fully enclosed that's probably the best i agree 100 mm-hmm. percent. i love that yeah. aspect i got the same machine and i love it being enclosed because it cuts down on the dust and it cuts down on yeah, the noise. Exactly. Yeah, well, because then you can like start, you can focus on another project when when you're grinding, then you don't have to hear the loud noise going. Yeah, because, I mean, at times, I get, you get used to it, sure, whatever, over the years, but at times, it it's nice having it a little bit quieter yeah, exactly. in there. So you can think. And I don't, I've yeah, seen a, sure. a meme or something the other day talking about you know you're old when you uh turn your radio down to try to figure out directions or yeah. if you need to back up you have to turn the radio yeah. down focus on yeah. That, yeah so we, we don't need all those loud noises when we're trying to focus on stuff yeah for sure and then did you want to say something about younger people oh yeah the getting young i think it's a think that's a definitely a huge factor in keeping the industry going so i went to the turf show the gcsa turf trade show and there there's definitely some young people there and it was i think what was that class there's a class for equipment managers and i went to that one just to watch and i i didn't see i think i was the youngest one there i didn't it's so hard to find other young Mm -hmm people that are in the industry that I went to the Toro Toro class in Minnesota in February 
the Toro, Toro equipment tech certification. And I think the young, I'm 19. So the other youngest I think was 37 okay, years yeah. old. So it's, yeah, it's just crazy how we don't have more younger audiences in this mm -hmm. industry. So how do we change that? I think it's reaching out to like high school trade programs and getting like a golf course trade, golf course, quote unquote, trade program for, we have a, like a technical college, have a technical college class for mm -hmm. golf course maintenance. I think that'd be a big thing. I don't, so your local high school, was there any tech programs? There was, I think there is not at my high school. You had to go to a different tech school okay. to find it. I mean, I'm old, but we had some, we had an automotive class and a construction class and yeah, um, like a drafting class, which <laughs> I don't even know if they yeah. do drafting anymore because it's all CAD, I guess, nowadays. You know, I had to break out the, the pencil and the ruler and all the stuff <laughs> yeah. that we were doing. But I definitely, I think it's something that's really important. And I'm so happy to see a young face like yours in our industry that yeah. that's enjoying it. And I mean, you seem yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you seem really excited about what you're doing. And yeah, yeah. We, if we could only find you know enough 150 or 200 guys and girls yeah, like exactly. you and get them involved, I've been uh, spreading the word as much as I can, yeah, I know. especially with, uh, the women and turf and their big oh, yeah, movement. They're, they're, yeah. So and awesome. that's, that was just so great. What, what they're doing. And yeah. I would love to see more men and women, whatever. I don't care. Whatever yeah, you exactly. want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just get in there and do it. Yeah. And it's one of those things until you've worked on a golf course, you don't really know what it's like. No, and you can't really describe what you you don't know what you're gonna do every day. There's always something different. One out, of, I think that's a main. Well, out of as all these people I've interviewed, that's one of the biggest takeaways is the variety. Because oh, yeah. you don't know what tomorrow holds. No, that's the best thing about it. You don't know what you're gonna. You don't know what you're gonna do tomorrow. You could have your whole day plan could be grinding all day, but then something breaks down on the course goes into a bunk or something yeah. yeah and then you have to figure that problem out right just like i had a kid come in today and he says well at first he's on a rotary mower and he says one, one of my reels isn't cutting and i was like okay well you're on a rotary so it doesn't have a reel well he's like you know the thingy i'm like all right the thingy yeah. and oh it's nice so we go he has it on the wash pad and we go walking out there and he said, yeah, there, there's a big stick up in there. I'm like, well, okay. If there's a big stick in there, more than likely, that's why the blade's not spinning. Let's see if we can get the stick out. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always something different. It's always something different every day. Yeah. That's the best part. And that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. And then it makes it rewarding too. When they need oh, yeah. a piece of equipment and you can get it going for them. Or you set up greens mowers or fairway mowers and you go out there on the course and see what it looks like oh yes but that's the best part yeah for sure go follow the greens mowers out and see how they cut so do you play golf 
when I was a kid, yeah, I did. I play with my brothers a lot. We have, I have three brothers. They're the two older ones are both in turf too. One's a assistant superintendent at the Utah Country Club. Then the other one is on the grounds crew with, at Chambers while getting his degree in horticulture at Oregon State. Okay, awesome. Yeah, super cool. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm so proud of your dad putting all these people in the industry. I, I think I think he's proud of himself. Too. Well, he should be. That is great. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. With you being younger generation, what motivates you? Probably just the fact that we're like, I'm not saying I'm the future, like as the younger people were the future of the industry. So we have to try to learn as much as we can from the older generation, learn their tips and tricks and just learn the way of how the equipment's maintained on the golf course. I think that's the main Okay. Just keeping everything going. Yeah. I didn't, so from a manager standpoint, what could I do to motivate you to do your job better? I think giving like saying, I don't, I, you probably do this, but saying like, good job at the end of the day, okay. like saying you, you did good job and all that. And then it makes you want to come back the next day, do even better job. Okay. And then another thing is. This Jerry does this a lot. He might be able to figure the problem out, but then he just lets me try to try to figure out myself, even if it takes an hour longer. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if it's not a sense of urgency, he just tries to let me figure it out for an hour or two. Then it feels really good when I come tell him I figured it out and fixed it. Oh, for sure. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's definitely one of the most rewarding parts of the job is yeah. uh, troubleshooting and finding a solution to a problem. But no, I think that's yeah. really good advice because most people my age and kind of the way I was brought up, there wasn't a whole lot of praise going on in the workplace. Yeah. And it wasn't expected by me because it was never offered. Yeah. Just... And I mean, and even as a kid and I would, you know, mow the grass or whatever, and I mean, it was, it was a struggle because I never did it the way my dad wanted me to do it. Oh that, yeah. I feel, I definitely feel mowing the grass with my dad. Yeah. 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 I've, I've, my lines aren't straight enough. Right, yeah. yeah. And you know, and I say mowing the grass. I mean, all I was mowing as a kid was a bunch of weeds, you know, it wasn't yeah. really even grass, but I was cutting the weeds and I wasn't even doing that right. Yeah. apparently. And then like the guy I worked for, he's definitely changed a lot mm -hmm. in that aspect of giving more praise. But when I was working with him in the nineties, I could count maybe on one hand, how many times he said, good job yeah. or thanks. But I didn't really expect that because the way I was brought up is if you weren't getting yelled at, you were doing a good job and that yeah, was exactly. okay. <laughs> so I was just happy not to get yelled at. But yeah. It, yeah, I agree with you and it's definitely changed and I'm trying to give more praise and be more yeah. appreciative of the work the, the people do to help us out. Because honestly, without the people I have working in the shop with me, I mean, there's no way I've, one man can yeah. do her lady or whatever. All that, yeah. Get all that done. Because, well, me and Shelby was joking about it today 
everything turns into EM work around the course. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, the other day I was helping the chef put in a new uh, cooler that he had. And he, you yeah, know, we exactly. had to take it halfway apart to get it through the door to get it into the kitchen. And I don't mind doing stuff. You know, it's different. Like no. we're talking about yeah. the variety. We're always yeah. doing something different. And he hooks me up when I go up there. He throws oh, me some exactly. cookies and, you know, whatever. And, doing it for pain. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I get paid by chef. Yeah. And I can see it in my waistline. Herp. Yeah. So was it, there something else you wanted to get at? I think that was mostly pretty good of what I can think of. Okay, awesome. Yeah. You ready for some rapid fire? Yep. What's your favorite movie? The first Harry Potter. First Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. Wait, no. Uh, the new Top Gun that just come out. Awesome. I, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm on your page. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Man, I've, this is, yeah. Was, yeah. I forgot the Top Gun came out just a couple, like a month ago. So did you now, see the original Top Gun too? Oh yeah. Okay. I've seen the original yeah. tons of times. Yeah. So what do you think? Which one was better? I, for what they did in the second one, like how they actually flew the jets and all that, I think that was, I think it's better. The second one. Yeah, I I agree. And I was a big fan of the first one and I'm not bashing on it, but they did an excellent job with the second one. Yeah. I don't know who's going to top it. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. Blown away. Awesome. What would be your last meal? There's a restaurant, it's called El Gaucho. It's a steak restaurant near me and probably their filet mignon. Okay. That, yeah. What what Love what steak. are you getting with that filet? Probably asparagus and then mashed potatoes. All right. Yeah. What are you most proud of? I think just like we were talking about being one of a pretty young guy in turf and understanding most of what's going on at like the course i can figure out pretty fast what it is depending on and no yeah just get it fixed you got a lot to be proud about and i've been doing this a long time and i don't know it all i've still got a lot to learn yeah but just sitting down here tonight talking to you 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 got a really really good grasp of what's going on Better than a lot of people I've talked to that's been doing this 10, 15 years. So you're way ahead of the curve. And I mean, that makes me proud. I mean, you're doing awesome. And if I can ever help you, the real turf text community can ever help you. Yeah, don't ever hesitate to uh, reach out. And not that you need any help. It sounds like you got everything run under control. (laughs) There's always something. And your dream opportunity. It's in your sights. And yeah, if that's what so. you want to do, do it. Just do it. Yeah. And that's something else I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to have Mike Elliott on. Actually, I'm recording his tomorrow. And he's at the Union League. So it's in it's Philadelphia oh. Union League. And I don't remember. Yeah. He's got three or four courses or whatever. Um, super awesome guy. And I was just talking to him. I went by and I visited his place when I was coming back from Rhode Island and I was talking to him, chit chat or whatever. And he said he had an aspiration to be the equipment manager at Augusta National. Oh, wow. That was yeah. his goal. And then he landed at Pine Valley. 
Wow. So, that's... I mean, Augusta, Pine Valley, yeah. you know, I mean, they're that's pretty, yeah. back and forth between, you know, so he, he achieved his goal. Yeah, exactly. And, that's all. You know, I said, do you still have any interest in going to Augusta? He said, no. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I made it to the top. And yeah, exactly. he left there to go to the Union League. Yeah, so that's wow. how impressive the Union League is and the the dream they have and what they're selling and the direction they're going yeah. and all that stuff. So I'm really excited to interview him. But I wanted to tell you that story that yeah, it, it awesome. is possible. Whatever you dream, you can do it. Yeah. You put your mind to it, you can do it. Yeah. So awesome. thank you so much, Tate, for being on. Yeah, thanks I really for enjoyed this. I enjoy your enthusiasm and your excitement and your very young energy you bring to this industry tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you i don't usually uh, i don't use twitter so email probably keith johnson at kempersports.com all right um get on twitter man yeah, yeah get on twitter just do it there's a bunch of us old guys hanging out and gals hanging out over there. Yeah. But yeah, my dad has it. He uses it more than any, I think any of the brothers. Oh, uh, really? That's any, funny. Yeah. I don't, it's so good because it's positive and there's a lot of ideas shared and tips and tricks. And yeah, if we only knew on turf Twitter, how many DMS were going on behind the scenes and yeah, be. people helping other people out. And I don't remember where I heard this and if it's a Tim Krieger thing, but you know, people need people and yeah. that that's what makes it go around because going exactly. out there and cutting grass is, is one thing. But if there's no people there to experience the playing yeah, exactly. surfaces that we're providing, why are we doing it? What's yeah. What's the point? Exactly. Right. Well, thank you, Tate. I appreciate you being yeah. here and thanks for having we'll me. talk soon yes we will hope you enjoyed hearing from tate what an inspiring young man we got on our hands right here i was so impressed talking to him with all the knowledge he's got and he's only 19 it's really really impressive and he's so passionate for this industry and i don't know i don't get it but i love it and i'm glad he's here and I'm happy to see him doing what he's doing. So how do we get more young people in the industry? I wish I knew the answer. And that's probably the million dollar question. But I think it's on each one of us. Luckily, Tate's dad got three of them in the industry. That's pretty pretty impressive uh, record there. But if you can get one person, two people, three people, you just got to start looking out. Family, friends, whatever it is. If you spot a young person that could be interested in this job, tell them about it. I think that's where it starts, right here at the, the grassroots. we got to do something because we're all getting older and some of us are retiring. Another important thing we talked about was managing the younger generation. And I know not all of y'all probably be managers, even if you're not a manager you're probably working with younger people because that's a lot of our industry. And we gotta figure out how to manage those people. 
to help them, not to help ourselves. I know GCSA, they have some classes that show on how to talk to the younger generation. They see things different than we see things. And we got to be able to basically speak their language. And I think that's something really important. I know I need to work on it, and I'm sure a lot of others do too. Until next time, see you, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Text Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you, bye.